Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Sorry, we're a few minutes late. Um, technology is lovely all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> please let us know um, where you're joining us from. And um, any questions you have during this, please just reach out and ask. Uh, yeah, we, we talk to each other enough, so we would like this to be more interactive. Um, last week, if you joined us, we were discussing protecting your rent with rent default insurance. Um, and this week, we're going to talk all about how to put your investment properties into an LLC. So with that being said, Brian, tell us a little bit about, first of all, just give us, there are some people that may not know what an LLC is. Sure. Well, an LLC is the simplest form of legal entity. Uh, it stands for limited liability company, and it can be uh, a sole proprietorship for an individual. It can be a partnership between multiple people. For example, Denny and I own an LLC together, 50-50 partnership uh, for Spark Rental. Um, and they're very easy to form. They're inexpensive to form in most states. Um, you do have to pay the state a uh, an annual renewal fee, but that in most states is also quite low. So it's it's really the simplest form of company that you can create. And now let's talk about why. Why do we need an LLC? <laughs> so the idea behind forming a legal entity, and in particular an LLC, is to isolate the LLC's assets from your personal assets in case you get sued over your business or business practices. So in the case of landlords and real estate investors, you know they typically will buy properties under the name of an LLC. And if they get sued by a tenant or by a neighbor or a, a buyer or seller or a contractor or someone else um, over their activities as a real estate investor, then the idea is that the most that these plaintiffs could take from you is just the property itself or any other assets that are owned by the LLC and that they can't come after you personally, they can't come after your personal assets. For example, your checking account and uh, your in investment brokerage account mm -hmm. and all of your other personal assets. So the idea is to separate your, your business assets from your personal assets and that people can only go after your business assets if they sue uh, your business. Now, what about insurance? Wouldn't that be just enough? No, normally not. I mean, some higher end uh, landlord insurance policies do cover certain types of liability. No insurance policies cover all liability. So for example, uh, I used to own a bunch of properties in Baltimore City and lead paint was a big concern in Baltimore City. And you know, every in between every tenancy, I had to go get uh, lead paint inspections and certifications done for each of my properties. And no insurance company in the world would cover 
uh, lead paint liability. So if someone, if a tenant had sued me over lead paint poisoning, the insurance would not have covered it. It was Ooh. a specific exclusion from the policy. Um, and, you know, really the policy only couples covers a few specific inclusions that they list. And those tend not to be uh, very extensive. So uh, your landlord insurance policy can offer you a little bit of protection against legal liability and lawsuits, but not full protection and and really not that much protection either. And I mean, technically they could go after your personal home, you know, any other businesses if you don't have it set up as separate entities. Right, so if you own properties under your personal name, um, you know, for example, the first property that I ever bought, I bought under my personal name. And um, I'm actually in the process of selling that property right now, uh, still in my personal name. But if, if those tenants were to, to sue me, they could theoretically go after all of my personal assets, not just the property itself. Right. So is it difficult to put a property into an LLC? Um, no, it's not difficult from a legal standpoint. Where landlords and real estate investors run into trouble is the due on sale clause with their mortgage. So let's let's start with the easy part of this question or answer, and then we'll we'll get into the trickier part. So the the easy part of this answer, let's pretend for a second that you own a property free and clear. There's no mortgage against it, and you want to move the property from your personal name into an LLC name. So that's actually quite simple. You go out you create the LLC by filing the paperwork uh, with your your local states, uh, your, your state's Department of Assessments and Taxation or business licensing. Um, and then you can simply record a quit claim deed from you to the LLC. Mm -hmm. um, quit claim deeds are, are very simple deeds that just say that the owner um, quits all claim to the property and assigns ownership interest to a, a new owner. Um, so it's it's a very easy and simple way to move a property from your personal name to an LLC name, uh, and you just have to uh, file that that deed with your state's uh, or your county's public records. So very easy. There, there's really not much to it. Where things get tricky is if you have a mortgage, because mortgages, uh, almost every mortgage lender out there requires a due on sale clause in the legal paperwork when you that you sign at that hour and a half closing where you sign your name a thousand times. Um, <laughs> one of the things that you sign there says that if the ownership of the property changes, if the property gets transferred to someone else, the mortgage balance becomes due and payable in full immediately, which is a problem <laughs> if, if you are just trying to leave your mortgage in place as you move the legal ownership from your personal name to a legal entity name like an LLC. So there is a couple ways around this. The, the simplest is if you get permission from your lender. Um, most lenders, in my experience, aren't very willing to offer that permission, but you can call them up and you can uh, you can tell them what you're doing, explain the situation, and see if they're willing to sign off on it. If they are not willing to sign off on it, then you have a couple options. Your first option is to refinance and you can pay off your, your original mortgage in full and refinance with a portfolio lender, for example, that doesn't mind lending money to an LLC. Most conventional lenders, they do not want to lend to 
legal entities. So, you know, if you went to just your regular mortgage broker when you got a loan on your rental property, uh, that lender is probably not willing to lend money to an LLC in the first place. Um, we do have a series, uh, we have an article that's all about how to borrow money, how to borrow mortgages uh, when you own a property under an LLC name. And Denny will put a, a link to that in the comments. Um, but, you know, hard money lenders, uh, portfolio lenders, private lenders, they are usually uh, all fine with lending to a legal entity. So you won't have any trouble there. Um, now, there is a trick that my old boss taught me that is, you know, it's in the gray area <laughs> of the law. <laughs> um, so what what he used to do is if he ever had properties in his personal name and wanted to move them to an LLC, what he would do is he would file for an LLC that was named after his personal name. So, you know, in my case, it would be, let's say, Brian Davis LLC. And then he would quit claim the property from his personal name to the LLC, which is named after him and is indistinguishable from his his personal name, except for the fact that at the very end of the letter is LLC. Oh, that's kind of brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea behind it was that he would keep making the mortgage payments to the lender on time, in full, every month, no, no hassles, no headaches, uh, with the idea that the mortgage lender would never notice. <laughs> so the hope is that the lender just never finds out <laughs> that, that you changed the, the deed, you changed the ownership over to your LLC name. Now, the risk there, of course, is that if they do find out, mm. they can call the loan and Oof. require it to be paid in full within 30 days or within 45 days or you know whatever the time frame is written out in your mortgage note. Um, so there is an element of risk to it, but as long as you have some other lenders lined up that you could turn to if that worst case scenario happens, you know, you, then you can go and refinance to a portfolio lender, for example, someone like uh, Vizio or, or Lending Home or whatever. And, um, you know, that way, it, most likely they'll never find out. Uh, at least and, they, and isn't the name of the game is paying the mortgage on? Because even um, I... I'm not going to say I've done this before, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, you buy a house, you live in it, you rent it out. And technically you're supposed to let the mortgage company know, but I probably would think that 99.9% .9 of those people who do that don't. Um, so I think, don't you think the mortgage company, as long as you're paying the mortgage on time, they're not going to question really. Yeah. I mean, most mortgage servicers, I mean, they're dealing with thousands, if not millions of loans every month. It's all automated in a system somewhere. As long as you don't come to the attention of a, a human being at the company, um, you know, as long as no red flags are raised with your mortgage account, um, you can probably get away with this indefinitely, um, you know, until some issue comes up and then you have to, con or, you know, if you had to contact them and, or, you know, if there were some problem with your escrow, for example, um, you know, you, what you don't want is a human being, uh, looking at your mortgage account yeah. too closely in, in this scenario. Um, but as long as you're just sending a check every month or paying electronically every month, it's like, if you make your payments on time and in full, then they'll probably never notice. Right. Um, well, we do have a few uh, comments and questions. Uh, Christina asked about what about insurance? And I'm assuming Christina, you mean is insurance better than 
you know, so, an LLC. Christina may have missed our first part of the um, the broadcast where we talked. We did talk about landlord insurance and how most landlord insurance policies only cover a few inclusions for liability, mm -hmm. if they cover any at all. Um, and I gave an example about how there are certain types of liability that no insurance company in the world will cover, for example, uh, lead paint lawsuits. Um, so insurance offers spotty protection at best. Um, now, that being said, LLC ownership also offers imperfect protection. And we can talk about that in a minute, Denny. Um, but you know, with, when it comes to asset protection, you're just trying to build as many barriers as you can, knowing that any one protective barrier in itself is not going to cut it, is, is not going to protect you in full. Right. And then do you make a separate LLC for each property to protect them from each other? Or can you put a bunch of properties in one LLC? Right. So to isolate the, the liability for each property from each other. Um, so what I used to do is I used to put three or four properties in each LLC uh, to kind of strike a balance between um, keeping the paperwork manageable and the liability manageable and the LLC renewal fees manageable. So that's how I, excuse me, that's how I handled it. Uh, I would put two, three, four properties in any given LLC. Um, but, you know, you, you could do things like open a, you know, G. Brian Davis LLC, uh, Gregory B. Davis LLC, you know, Gregory Brian Davis LLC, Gregory Brian Davis Jr. LLC. You know, you, you could create multiple ones of these if you wanted to. Um, you know, how many properties you put in each LLC is really a, a personal choice. Uh, based on your your risk tolerance and your asset protection plan, your personalized plan. We have a question about um, real estate transfer tax when you do a quick claim deed. And if I remember correctly, I don't think there is a transfer tax with quick claim deeds. I can never say that. It's like Peter Piper picked a pecka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think if if you if you prove that you are the owner of the LLC uh, mm -hmm. and that there's not a substantive change in ownership. Yeah, you may be exempt from paying transfer taxes on it. Um, that's going to be state by state. So right. um, check with your state about that because uh, you you might owe transfer taxes is the, the answer, albeit an unsatisfying and, uh, answer. Another, um, just a tip is, is if you have a lot of properties and you want some protection is to have somebody like Saj Grubbs, not that I'm pushing him out there, but um, to, to put in, um, he creates like a trust, which is like a kind of a little bit more of a protection than, than an LLC. That's more advanced um, asset protection. And, you know, here's the thing with asset protection as well, is that when you are younger, when you have a lower net worth, um, you don't need much asset protection. As you build more assets and you build a higher net worth, then you want to start layering on more and more asset protection because you have more to lose. Right. So this is something that evolves over time. And in the beginning, it's not something you have to worry very much about. As you, you know, get a net worth closer to seven figures, get into the seven figures, you have to start worrying about this a little bit more. And you know, the ultra wealthy, you know, people in the 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 eight figure club, you know, the, the three comma club. You know, they they have to do some much more advanced kind oh, yeah. of asset protection because they have a lot more to lose and they have a much bigger target sign painted on their back. Big time. The more you have, the bigger <clears throat> the target. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it's not there's not a one size fits all solution for asset protection. Um, and the rules change over time because it's a bit of a cat and mouse game between um 
you know, companies and wealthy individuals want to protect their assets and plaintiffs want to take those assets. So, you know, each side gets gets more clever than the next, you know, as, as they go. And, you know, the rules change and the strategies change over time. So it's not like this is a one and done kind of thing. Asset, asset protection is something you have to kind of keep looking at every few years um, as the rules change, as uh, your net worth changes, as your assets change. So. Gotcha. Now, is there anything else, Brian, that um, is good to know about an LLC? Well, is so there anything that is not good about an LLC? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, the renewal fees every year are an issue depending on your state. Um, in some states, these renewal fees are as low as like 75 bucks a year. In other states, they can be 500. Um, I feel like someone told me that in California, they're like six or $700 a year to renew. Maybe that's not true. Um, in Baltimore, or in Maryland, I think it was $300 a year per LLC, which is not trivial. Um, Daniel Jackson says in Texas, there are no renewal fees. And in Pennsylvania, there is not either. That's great. That's, that's fantastic. So the renewal fees can be an issue depending on your state. Um, and, uh, you know, it also makes your accounting a little bit or it can make your accounting trickier. You need a bank account for each LLC um, and you need to keep those assets completely separate from your personal assets or else you lose all of the asset protection benefits that LLCs convey. So if you commingle funds, if you uh, spend money from your LLC bank account on personal goods, then you waive all of your protections from Big the time. LLC. Big time. So you have to be squeaky clean with your accounting um, with your LLC assets versus your personal assets. Um, now, it doesn't mean you can't take distributions, um, and it doesn't mean you can't fund your LLC bank accounts with personal funds, you know, to contribute personal funds to the business bank account. But you really should have an accountant, and you should talk to them about, you know, how to do it in a way that doesn't jeopardize your um, your legal protections. Right. Uh, because you don't have to go to Starbucks and, and use your. Uh... You are, you're right, swipe, swipe your business card. <laughs> you know, say, oh, you know, this is a write-off and just right. swipe it. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. And in fact, so I've been sued a couple of times based on, on uh, my rental properties. And the first thing that plaintiffs do is they list you personally or they try to list you personally mm. in the lawsuit. So they list your LLC and then they also list you personally. And then it's up to you to petition the judge and say, uh, actually, I should not be included in this lawsuit because this property is owned by my LLC and the LLC manages all of the, the funds completely separately. And I should be excluded from this lawsuit because of that. Um, but the, every plaintiff in the world is going to try to go after you personally with each suit and they will name you personally in the suit. And you, it's up to you to make a case to the judge why you and your personal name should be removed from the suit so that your personal assets can't be seized by the plaintiff if they win right. the lawsuit. And attorneys know this. So attorneys are the ones that are going to go after us personally. I mean, that's just the name of their game. Right. We do have a question from Katie, and she is asking, when calling the lender for option one and requesting permission to do all this, is there a department that um, you, you specifically go to to change your mortgage? So you're not calling. Yeah, I know. I know what you feel, Katie. Here, <laughs> you're not pushing button three and button four and waiting for twenty minutes each time. Katie, 
you're going to sell the same story five times. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to say. Um, it's probably the servicing department uh, or maybe the legal department. Uh, depends on how the, the lender structures their internal departments. Um, but I would expect that you'd need to speak with either the legal department or the servicing department. But expect to, you're, you're probably going to have to say that yeah, story a bunch of times. <laughs> big time. Um, what about funding? Patrick Ryan is asking, how do you fund a new, newly formatted, uh, formed LLC? So you can contribute money uh, t from your personal account to the LLC bank account. Um, and you just want to keep that very clear and clean and obvious that, you know, you wrote a check from your personal account to the um, LLC bank account. And on that check, on the memo, you wrote, you know, for funding the, you know, the, the new business venture, XYZ, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, you just, you just want to keep it all squeaky clean. Right. And thank you, Janine White. She said, this is very good information. It's always nice to hear. That is. Thank you, Janine. Um, yeah, so my, I guess my last comment that I would say about this is the best way to go about doing this is to borrow, uh, is to buy the property in the first place in your LLC directly and then borrow the money directly as the LLC, you know, to borrow your mortgage loan as the LLC. So you don't have to go through any of these sorts of questions or issues about trying to transfer the property from your personal name to the LLC name and dealing with the lender and all that stuff. Um, we recommend going through a portfolio lender. Um, there are a series of online lenders that specialize in working with landlords and with real estate investors. Um, and you know, those are on our loans page on sparkrental.com. So it's, it's right there on the menu bar. Uh, and I don't know, Denny, if you have that link handy, but um, we, we compare their interest rates, their uh, points and fees, the um, LTV that they lend, uh, but all of them lend directly to LLCs. So it's a non-issue when you go through a portfolio lender. And I'm putting that link in there right now. Um, what data do you need read real estate do on sale i don't understand what are the stats uh what data do we have on the the do on sale clause um i'm not sure what statistics you're looking for uh he says meaning how often do they get called due um from what i'm told is the insurance that causes the issue because it triggers the lender mm. um oh the insurance the the property insurance policy well, you know, once again, this is why the uh, you you transfer it to an LLC in your own name or an LLC that's named after you personally, so that hopefully no one notices <laughs> that that the insured name changed slightly. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> now, but it's you're... it's uncommon for loans to be called uh, in in my experience. When I was younger, when I when I first graduated college, I worked for a lender for many years and. Um, I never heard of a loan being called for uh, the due on sale clause. Doesn't mean that it never happens, but it's uncommon. Hmm. Um, how does an LLC work in conjunction with an umbrella insurance policy? Is it an overlap or do they complement each other? I would think they complement each other. They do complement each other. Um, but we're, we're getting into the area where you should really speak with an asset protection attorney because neither Denny nor myself, I mean, we're landlords and real estate investors. We're not attorneys. So <laughs> uh, at a certain point, you bump up against the limits of our legal knowledge. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so Jamie, we, we did, we talked earlier about insurance policies and some of their limitations. It, they can certainly help, but they will not cover every type of liability. And mm -hmm. often they have um, specific exclusions, usually for the things that you have the highest risk for being sued over. Um, so an insurance policy alone is not going to cut it. Um, and like we, like we mentioned earlier, having an LLC alone is not going to cut it either. Right. So you want to kind of build this wall around your assets brick by brick by brick. Um, because no, no one strategy covers you in full. And we mentioned also, you know, how one of the more advanced strategies that you can work with an attorney on is, uh, putting all your assets into a trust or, well, your assets are in LLCs and then the LLCs go into a trust and, uh, you can, you can create this wall even higher and thicker. Um, but you do need to work with an attorney to create something that complex. And Christina said sole proprietary LLCs are easier to pierce the veil. And that can be true, but not if you do what Brian was just explaining and keeping everything squeaky clean and separate. Um, that whole, uh, yeah, when you start using your LLC bank account for personal expenses, yeah, you lose some footing there. So you really got to keep it separate. Yeah, absolutely. You you have to keep your your accounting and your, your finances completely separate. Um, and then Nicole had a question. Denny, do you have uh, one of our links handy for um, for our our loans page? Yeah, it's in the chat. Oh, okay. So Nicole, you had asked about refinancing a property. Um, put if it in you, again. yeah, we'll we'll put a um, a link in the chat to where you can look at some lenders that do work with LLCs, um, and you'll also find a couple examples there of lenders that work with individual borrowers as well, not just uh, companies and LLCs. Right. And Landon said, so you literally just call up the mortgage company and tell them you want to quick claim the deed to your LLC. You can do that. <laughs> they, they'll probably say no. Um, you can try that. You can try to get permission from them. Um, more likely, you're going to end up either needing to refinance or just quick claim it to an LLC that's named after yourself and hope that they don't notice uh, is, is the strategy that we explained a few minutes ago. Daniel says, can you talk about the liability of paying off a home completely? Some folks have told me not to fully pay off a house. I don't think that's for liability reasons, though. I, I, so I know I know what Daniel's referring to. Um, if So let's say that you have an, a property that's owned by an LLC, and the property has a mortgage on it for most of its value. So there's very little equity in the property. Then technically, the only asset that the LLC, that plaintiffs can go after if they win a lawsuit is that little bit of equity you have in the property, right? Which is not worth doing. So the idea is that uh, it's it's a deterrent for starters because you have a you have only one asset that the LLC owns and that asset um, has very little equity in it. So what's the point in even suing? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, even if they do sue and they do win, then, you know, no collection attorney or no collection uh, agent is going to bother trying to foreclose on that property because by the time you go through foreclosure, all the equity will have been annihilated anyway. So what's the point? Um, it's it's not a bad approach. I mean, it's, it's one, yeah. again, one more brick in your wall. Um, that being said, don't make these sorts of decisions 
based on asset protection first, make them based on on financial and investing uh, for those reasons first, um, and asset protection reasons secondary. If it makes sense for you financially to pay off your mortgage, then then do that. Um, don't leave the mortgage in place, even if you'd rather pay it off just for asset protection purposes. Uh, right. But having a, a, a full mortgage against the property makes it a much less attractive target. Great question, Daniel. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting more advanced here <laughs> and we are starting to bump up against the limits of, <laughs> of Denny's in my experience. So with that, we better, we better wrap things up. <laughs> and yes, uh, Landon, this video will be posted to uh, our page and our website. So you'll, it's always available. Yeah. So Landon, if you go to the learn menu uh, on our, on sparkrunnel.com, you'll see our podcast listed under there. Uh, we get these episodes posted there uh, usually within a day. So usually by, by Wednesday, they're posted on the website. And the Spark Rental, our, our uh, podcast, the Live All Friends podcast is published on iTunes and Stitcher and all the other mainstream uh, podcasting platforms as well. And that's probably a good moment to say, you know, rate rate us highly. <laughs> you know, give, <laughs> give us a high rating if you appreciate the show. Um, it's a, an easy way for you to say thank you and a free way for you to say thank you. And, and please, on, if you guys have any other subjects that you want to cover, um, you know, you've had questions about or would like to know a little bit more about, just send it our way. Yeah, absolutely. And next week, uh, Denny is actually going to be off. She's going on a road trip with her mother. Um, but I am lucky enough to be joined by a guest. Uh, I'm going to have Becky Nova joining us again. She's going to talk about how she built passive income from rental properties extremely quickly. I mean, she and her husband reached financial independence with rentals in something like two years. It was, it was crazy fast. Um, so we talked a little bit about that the last time we had her on the show, maybe, I don't know, six months ago, a year ago. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit more this time about international real estate investing because they do some, uh, some international investing as well, uh, even though they're based in New York. So uh, yeah, it'll be fun next week, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, on our Spark Rental Facebook page, as always. And um, yeah, in the meantime, let us know what kind of topics you want to hear about because this is about you guys. So Absolutely. we want to we talk about the things you actually want to hear about. Um, and to, to Daniel and Katie and Landon and Christina, um, you know, thank you all so much for your participation and your questions uh, and, for, and for the thanks. We do appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, it looks like Daniel has a question here. Uh, he asks whether we do coaching sessions. Uh, not really anymore. We, we do have a course, uh, it's FIRE from Real Estate, FIRE being uh, an acronym for Financial Independence and Retire Early. Um, and we do include a strategy session with that. But, um, you know, we, we don't do coaching anymore just because we don't really enjoy it that much. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, yes, we don't do it anymore. Uh, but we do offer a, a course and there is a coaching element that comes with that course. Um, and then, uh, Christina asked about syndications or JVs. Oh yeah, we actually, so we do um, sort of, <laughs> we can't call it a syndication, um, <laughs> but we, uh, we just launched our first co-investing deal um, with a partner on the ground in Michigan named Drew Sidget, uh, who's, who's, he's also a bigger pockets uh, contributor. He's a regular over there as well, uh, which is how we, we met. And uh, we did, we did do a co-investing deal uh, that we just closed. Um, but we, we are doing deals that you guys can participate in if you want. 
So uh, send send us an email at support at sparkrunnel.com if you want to be put on the wait list for that because there is a wait list for it. Um, and then uh, Christina actually was clarifying that she wants to hear more about syndications uh, and JVs okay. as a topic. So we will add that to our content calendar, Christina. Um, and Landon asked, do we do commercial properties at all? Not really. Um, I have but a that is little bit of experience. A little bit. Um, Denny has some experience with some restaurant uh, real estate and uh, some mixed use real estate. Um, and uh, to answer your question, Daniel, uh, we will not be at BPCon. Uh, I live in Brazil most of the year, so uh, I will not be present for that. <laughs> uh, as much as, and as fun as it would be to go, uh, it's just, it's, it's a bit of a long flight for me. Uh, all right, guys. Um, and yeah, Christina, we also appreciate the other uh, topic proposal, building business credit for real estate investing. So oh, awesome. some, some great topic Thanks ideas this time around. Yeah. So we appreciate it, you guys. Uh, we will catch you next Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on our Facebook page and have a great week. We'll see you on the flip side. Have a great week. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.